Hello everyone, welcome to the uh, Labelled Life podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Magic Bo. Opening up and talking about mental health issues is still very uh, difficult for many. Uh, there are many biasness uh, and stigma regarding the subject of mental health. Um, some fear of being judged and while others do not know what to talk about, about how they are going through. So today we, ha- we have with us Cheryl. She's the founder of Rock The Naked Truth. And she has a story to tell us today, which is close to her heart. Uh, Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, it's going to be a long story. I hope you have enough time for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course we have, Cheryl. So um, Cheryl, maybe you can tell us more about yourself and also about this uh, Rock the Naked Truth. So uh, I don't even know where to start. So I, I'm a content creator. So I deal with a lot of um, social media for work. Um, and I'm also a fitness enthusiast, so I like working out. And yes, I'm also the founder of Rock the Naked Truth, which is a body positivity movement that I started in 2016. Oh, wow, it's been... Oh, five years. Yeah, coming to six, coming to six <laughs> next yeah, month. Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm always in workout gear. Today, I put on a little skirt, so <laughs> a bit of a special privilege here but yes I, I i'm a very active person but uh during a certain period of my life for about over a decade of my life i was just so obsessed with um wanting to be skinny yeah so i really struggled with my body for a very long time and i'm just glad that i'm out of that dark space because it is a space that i hope people will not go to but it's probably um, something that a lot of people are going through but maybe not know how to talk about it or maybe not even know that they are facing some kind of struggle. So, uh, you know, the Labelled Life podcast actually explores ordinary Singaporeans uh, uh, who had lived their experiences uh, living with mental conditions. So I, I believe eating disorder, which we, we have said, mm, mm. Uh, is actually one kind of a, a mental condition, mental health condition. So, um, so you have an obsession for food or? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think there are many different types of eating disorders. Like the more common ones are like anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, and then there's the body dysmorphia and there's a lot of different types. And I think it's also the anxiety that people get, you know, related that's associated with this eating disorder. So for me was I had a very bad relationship with food. I just hated food, which is very sad, you know, because like now I love eating, like eat anything I want, but it's very sad because food is great, right? It's yeah. like, it's not supposed to be your enemy. You know, you. I mean, I think it's very important that we all develop a healthy relationship with food. So for me was, I, I don't know why, but when I was younger, and this was a time when there was no social media. I don't know about now, it's like if I had social media like 20 years ago, whew, I might have been, I might have gone even deeper into the obsession. I don't know because I only had MTV, music <laughs> videos. Yes, yeah, yes. I had movies and magazines, you know, in the past. And already I was so like, oh, I want to look like her. Wow, you see the model, the, the singers and the dancers in the music videos, then they wear sexy, sexy. And you're like, oh, I want to be like them. It was horrible. And, <laughs> and I just kept thinking that being skinny would help me be accepted. That was the problem. I kept thinking that, um, oh, I had to look good in order to 
have people like me and and have people want to know me. I wanted to be Miss Popular, you know, like I wanted to be Miss Popular <laughs> in school. And I, I just kept thinking that you have to be pretty and hot to be popular. And I mean, it's, it's normal, right? You have this group of girls in school that usually look good and everybody's all like, <gasps> then like, yeah, so I was in that space, you know, and then I came from a girls' school. I was in girls' school for 10 years. I went to junior college. So I was first time in a mixed environment and suddenly it's like a boys, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. So suddenly I'm like, wow, how come no everybody's like asking these girls uh, and then, you know, buying them things, being them out. Nobody care about me. <laughs> you know, like I got bro zone a lot. I don't know whether because of how I looked, uh, maybe and my personality. I... I didn't even date at all in junior college. Like, so sad. But were, were you this bubbly when you were in JC? Yeah, I would like to think so. That's why I got very bro, you know? You know, everyone is all like, yeah, like Cheryl the bro is here. And then like, it was, it was then that I really started to um, struggle because I think like when you're younger, okay. I mean, when I was 12, I could eat six roti pratas with egg and two Milo dinosaurs for breakfast. <laughs> Oh, shock. Nice. Yeah, you you put the sugar and the curry. Now I can't even eat that much. Um, so I, I always enjoy eating, but I never thought that I was fat. I just, I mean, nobody say anything, right? I just eat. Lah. And then, uh, I think my secondary four prom night photo, I had, a, I was wearing a black dress and I had a red shawl. And someone commented that, uh, someone thought it was my mother. Oh no. <laughs> I know. Then I just went like, like, oh, that's so sad. Like you want to, you know, it's the age where you're, you know, your friends are like putting makeup, discovering makeup, and then they're wearing tight, tight dresses. And I'm there like, obvious, I mean, I took it as, I look like auntie. <laughs> I, I took that comment that way. And then I just went like, okay, so never mind. And then I went on to Jay-Z and then that was where I think the, the obsession became real because I started to, to want attention from the boys, you know, like what can I do for for the boys to like me? I wanted attention. So obviously it was I thought it was to be skinny. And 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 what did I do? So at that time I was on the cross-country school. So the funny thing is I've always been active. I've always represented the school in some kind of sport. So it wasn't that I was inactive. But I was just I don't even think I was fat, lah. I mean I was just probably just a bit pudgy, a bit chubby kind. Not not like skinny skinny, but not like overweight also right it's just perception you know body yeah. image is is what you think of yourself and not what others think of you and then i just uh after the after the last running competition like the last national schools track and field season then i was like okay it was time to study for a levels so we didn't have to go for, go to school or something that was the period where i started to okay i'm gonna do something with my weight because previously I was very afraid that if I lost weight, I would, it would affect my performance. But I, I think now looking back, I'm like, if I someone had taught me to eat better, maybe my, my performance would have been better. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was still eating a lot of rubbish, even though I was exercising. So it was a diet, it wasn't exercise. Because I was putting in exercise, I was training on the, for the school team and everything. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do something, uh, something about my weight now since you know, A-levels are coming. I have this break. I don't, I don't have to train for anything competitively anymore. So my performance doesn't matter. So I was running for almost three months. I was running 20K in the morning. Wow. 6K in the evening and doing two to three hours of kickboxing every day. Yeah, it was crazy. I can't even do that now. Ah. <laughs> like, I'll be like, you see, ah, you think I've got a lot of time. Ah. And then, uh, so what happened was, um, I would wear my pee attire, put on track pants, put on a track jacket so that I would perspire more. Sometimes I would even run at 12 noon. 
because I was very fixated on the number on the scale. Yeah, I just wanted to see the numbers go down. So it started as a very innocent, like, I want to lose 5 kg. And after I lost 5 kg, I'm like, okay, I want to lose more, I want to lose more, I want to lose more. So it's very dangerous. It's this downward spiral. Then deeper and deeper, you go into the rabbit hole. You just get very messed up because you're just like, okay, I, I just want to be skinny, I just want to be skinny. Skinny is everything. Yeah, so I wasn't eating. So I was severely over-exercising and severely under-eating. So obviously I lost like 20 over kilos in that nearly three months. I, I just went... Phew. If can I, if yeah, I can sure, I, sure. I was, how heavy were, were you at that time? And you lost 20 43? kilos? So I'm now 62. So basically me minus one third. Ah. Yeah, like now you minus a third of me, you know, like maybe half the S gone and maybe the, <laughs> the arms like, the arms like your wrist, you know. So it was very bad. It was very bad because I lost it in a very unhealthy way. And then... I would I would uh punish myself because I tried to starve. So so I was like, okay, you know, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. But I mean we are humans naturally will be hungry. Um then when I did eat, it will become a binge. That's how I developed binge eating disorder. Mm. So I would just suddenly lose control and just bleh, and just eat everything and then feel really guilty and go exercise again. So it becomes a cycle. And then soon I started to get upset with myself for not being able to tahan, you know, like, hey, what are you going to eat? Just, just, you know, I can do it for 24 hours, you know. It's mad, not drink water also, you know. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it was just, I was so fixated, I would drink like half a cup of water, then <gasps> weigh myself and, oh my God, I've won 200 grams, <laughs> then, go, then go exercise. Oh it's, yeah, it was, yeah. I just would not let the numbers on the scale go up. And then I will get, I would panic, and then I will get very upset. That's when I started to self-harm. So I would bang my head against the wall because I was very angry myself. Then I would scratch myself until I started bleeding. It was just, I just like got very angry at myself. And now I'm just like, like, why are you so stupid? Why can't you just like stop eating? And then I'll just keep going to exercise, going to exercise. So obviously my grades suffered. Like I didn't do that as well as I wanted to for A-levels. My sister walked in on me once when I was banging my head against the wall. Okay. She was five years younger. So at that time, she's like, what the heck is going on? And she cried and everything. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain to her because I just like, I, I don't want to. And then my parents didn't know what to do. And then all they, they, they didn't help by saying, they said things like, they called me a scarecrow. I'm, I, I think they're coming from a good place, but perhaps there's not enough at that time. You know, maybe they're not, aware, not educated enough, there's not much education or awareness about like yeah. eating disorders or mental health or like how to cope with someone who's potentially struggling from it. So then typical Chinese parents, I mean, I don't mean to stereotype, but you know, they, they just scold you, you know, so like, I always so scared, cold. I don't want to eat, don't want to eat because I didn't eat rice at all for many years. Wow. Yeah, I refuse. Now I like, oh, sushi queen, you know, but like at that time, like, no, no <laughs> rice at all. How can anyone not like rice? Yeah. Asian. Um, and then my mom was like, she wanted to bring me to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Um, and, and then at that time, I got very defensive. I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm not sick. Mm. So that's the thing. I ended up pushing away people who were closest to me. And I think that's quite common, like, because you feel like they don't understand you. So you, you don't want, you isolate yourself from them. You alienate yourself. And that's why when I started Rock the Naked Truth, I, I feel that this is... Like maybe you might, sometimes you might listen to strangers more because especially if they had gone through the same things as you, then you can relate and you feel like, oh yeah, you understand me. So like Rock the Naked Truth is, I call it like a social, a social message, like a, 
a reminder like, you know, it pops up on your feed and then you're like, oh, today you're enough. Oh, okay. So, and then it makes you feel better. And then I'll share stories of other people's struggles. So it's just like your daily inspiration to remind you that you're enough and, you know, you shouldn't treat your body that badly because fortunately and unfortunately, you are stuck in this body for the rest of your life. Like, I hate to break it to you, but... You can't change bodies. You can't like, hey, tomorrow I got photo shoot. Lend me your boobs, ah. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't just take out and then put in and then know your. And you can't. Like, I don't like this body. You no, know, I want to change. You can't. I'm sorry. Like you can change a lot of things in the world. You can have all the money you want. You still cannot swap bodies. Yes, you can do uh plastic surgery. You can change your outer appearance, but the body body is still the same, ah. You can't change the internal systems. So, so, um, that period when I was 18 was really like the part where I struggled the hardest with my body. Okay. Mm. So, so you were actually not fixated on, um, vomiting, induced vomiting and whatnot? I tried, I couldn't. <laughs> not, not, like, nothing uh, can uh, come uh, out. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> I was very bad. <laughs> so, mine was more of binge eating and symptoms of anorexia. More like, you know, you're already very skinny and you still think that you're very skinny and you still do things to diet. Mm. And then started to look skinnier and skinnier, very bony and yeah. But you had photos of your past. If you have seen your photos of your past and right now, how would you feel? I feel very sad. <laughs> like, girl, you're missing our life, man. You know, like, I mean, there were times when, when I look back, I mean, not now, but like, as I recovered, not recovered, as I struggled, my, I gained. So the timeline is 18 years old, lost 20 kg. And then... 19 years old, put back everything in one month. So I only, I only kept that weight for a few months because you can't sustain it. Who's going to exercise like that every day? Yeah. So once I started school uh, in uni, then I put back all the weight. So I went back up. The whole 20 kg came back. Very fast. Ah. I yeah, took yeah. three months I to agree. lose it. I agree. Yeah, it's, the, it's called the rebound effect. Because your body is in survival mode. So the body goes, oh, she has food. And then it ends up storing more than it needs because in survival mode, it's scared, right? Like if you don't eat anymore, so it's store, store, store. So you're fat becomes like you get you gain back a lot faster i've been through that yeah, yeah. it's very scary so like i just always tell people you have to lose weight sustainably because the faster you lose it the faster you might come back you know <laughs> so just make it a lifestyle and make it sustainable instead of rushing to i mean if you're rushing for a wedding or something then okay you do your crash diet and all fine but just be prepared that you will come back lah. um the timeline was i gained I went back the, like 60 over kg again, which isn't fat. Oh, I'm 60 yeah. now, you know. So it's like, not fat. Well. Exactly. <laughs> but I kept thinking I was like the world's fattest person. And then uh, somewhere halfway through uni, I started to hate how I looked again. So I started, then I went on again another low. This time I couldn't exercise as much. I hated exercising. I got burnt out. Uh, After that whole crazy like exercise three times a day and like how many hours a day kind, I just went... <gasps> I didn't run for many, many, many years. Um, yeah, so I went to do hot yoga or something because like you perspire. Again, went back to the skills. Huh? And then I took a lot of slimming pills this time. So I tried everything, everything that's like slimming cream, slimming shower, burning, fat burning gel, <laughs> like the chili kind that will burn your eyes, you know, because you rub your eyes accidentally. Everything patches. Um, every, the belt, the the the, the vibrating the, the belt. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> everything I spent so much money on anything and everything that says like meal replacements, like anything that says slim down, shape up, weight loss, anything. I tried everything: cup blockers, fat burners. I mixed pills, over the counter pills. I did everything, and then I somehow managed to lose not as much as 
before, like maybe about 10 kilos. I went down to about 50 and I stayed there for a while because I just wasn't eating. My mom calls it food tasting. <laughs> you go to dinner like one bite here, one bite there, and then one bite here and then we're done. <laughs> she called, or, or another person called me a hamster. Like, and that's it, you know, like food tasting. They were like, oh, yeah, Sharon, only food tasting only. Like my parents just gave up. Like, whatever lah, you don't eat, then it's your problem. But I think somewhere uh, when I was approaching 30 years old, I think your body, your metabolism is not as good as before. And then I destroyed it, right? Because I kept eating so little and then your body just goes crazy because it has no idea what's happening. You're not giving enough nutrients, not enough calories. It's eating your muscles. And then one day I just couldn't, I just kept putting on weight nonstop, like every 5kg, 5kg. And no matter how little I ate or how much I exercised, I couldn't lose the weight anymore. No slimming pills work anymore. Nothing. Everything I tried in the past couldn't work anymore. My body just went <laughs> on me and I'm just started gaining weight and then getting a lot of health conditions like uh, eczema and, and whatever. And I'm just like, why is my body breaking down, you know? And then I gave up on myself. I just thought like, ah, forget it. Lah. I'm going to be fat forever. Lah. I give up. I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I... I I spent so much money. I've tried everything. I I can't. And then I think it's an age thing also. Right? As you get older, your body is. You know, last time you can like, you can you can eat everything and still lose weight. Now is you breathe air also get fat. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I joke, but um, the metabolism basically slows. It's 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 scientific, right? It slows as you get older. So, and then I just went. Okay, I'm going to be fat forever. No one's going to love me anymore. And then uh, I give up myself. Then that's where I was my friend, a friend of mine who was also struggling with her weight, was like, hey, come, let me introduce you to the gym. Because all along, I knew running and yoga. Mm. And at that time, this was at least six, seven years ago, the fitness scene in Singapore is not as developed as it is now. Like now, we have so many types of uh, fitness classes, right? You have trampoline and then you have like... You have like Muay Thai and then you have like bar, belly inspired. There's so many different types of fitness. Surely there's something that you will like. There's spinning in like in a clubbing kind of environment. No, there's no excuse anymore because everything is now so fun, you yeah. know, like it doesn't feel like exercise anymore. So at that time, different, you know, like there wasn't as many studios as there are now. Um, so I'm like, gym? Huh? What to do? I don't even know what to do at the gym. It's so scary. You go in there, you're like... <gasps> and then she's like, don't worry, don't worry. I have a PT. Uh, I'll give you a free session to try. So I, then I signed up with the PT. And then that's where he introduced me to weight. And then that's where I started to like... Oh, the body can lift. Huh? Like, wow, they lift. Wow, shock, ah, this feeling. Wow, I lift them heavy. Then, wow, back score, everything. And I started to get hooked on a different type of numbers. Last time was counting calories, uh, fat percentage, uh... Uh, the the scale, the numbers on the scale. Then now it's like, okay, I want to lift heavier, I want to run faster. And then my mindset slowly changed on its own. So I was very lucky that I found back my relationship with fitness. I've always liked fitness and exercising, right? But because I used it to help me lose weight, fitness became a chore and I hated it. And I didn't touch fitness for a long time. Then finally, I found back this love for fitness. Then now it's like a lifestyle. Like if I don't exercise, I feel weird. You know, it's like eating to me, you know, you don't eat, you feel weird. So it has become a lifestyle and, and I think that's a healthy way to go about it rather than you, ah, oh, she, 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 I need to go exercise, you know, because I eat too much. I mean, yes, you, in moderation, you really like overindulge over Christmas or something and you want to exercise a bit more, sure, but not make it like, don't be over-reliant on exercise, you know, because your body still needs to rest. And then what if, you know, like you get injured or something, then the weight is going to come back and then you're going to like, get upset and everything. So like fitness is 
a lifestyle. Not it should not be a chore, lah. Okay. Mm. You know, uh, when you said about uh, being anorexic uh, and whatnot, do you think it's prevalent in women only or just men or, or, or men or, or both? I think the men do get it too. It's just that maybe uh, more women are willing to talk about it or maybe it's a pressure of society, you know, like girls should look a certain way, like like the the figure, hourglass figure and all that. So, um, yeah, I feel like it affects women more, maybe because by nature, females are more vain, maybe. Um, yeah. Probably also based, uh, maybe ego that men don't want to open up. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. So they don't really talk about it. I'm sure they are. They just don't want to talk about it. Or maybe they don't, they don't care. I think maybe also men's nature is more like, you know, like, never mind, never mind. You know, it's okay. But girls more like, oh, you know. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's the, the gender, the gender differences. Because I, I, I hear you uh, having like, a few of these, uh, I, I called it uh, mental condition, like mental health condition. Like mm. I hear you, you having anxiety, uh, eating disorders. Um, how how do you cope? Uh, at the end of the day, how do you cope uh, having all these and then now manage back to your own self? Do you have like, I, I, I hear also that you your parents asked you to go to, uh, to to seek professional help, but, mm. but you didn't do it. But how do you manage on your own? Uh, yeah, so I never sought professional help in the sense that I never went for therapy. Um, I think for me, it was really a mindset shift, a very big mindset shift in myself. And it, the thing is, it took me a very long time. It wasn't like, and it's straight away like, like, oh, okay. Like it took me a long time to, to do it. And it was really the, the fitness relationship helped me a lot because then I started to I started to be very um, impressed with what the body can do. So I, from from just doing like PT, I started going to do CrossFit. And then I did a bit of Olympic weightlifting. Like, whoa, now lift overhead, no. Uh, not just lift <laughs> off the ground, no. Now go up, no. Wah, I so what, say, what's your record? Uh, my clean and jerk, I think, about 60. Wow, okay, not bad. Yeah, yeah. Now cannot, ah. Uh. Now cannot. Yeah, yeah, now cannot. <laughs> then, um... And then from there, I started to see, oh, the body is amazing. Huh? And then, then I went into the last few years, I went into triathlons. So like Ironman. Wow. So uh, swim, bike, run, all at one. So it's it's essentially three in one. Uh, you know, like your copy. Yeah. Yeah, three in one, <laughs> three sports in one sport. You do it all consecutively. And it's called one sport, you know. So then I, I, I've done 12 half Ironman races and one full. So just for reference, for those who don't know what an Ironman is, um, full Ironman is you start with a 3.8 km swim in the sea, then a 180 km cycle, wow. and then a full marathon at the end. 42. 0.195. Oh. So all three at one go. Then half is just half. 1.9. Oh, What's your record? I took 12 hours plus. Uh, wow. Out there non-stop the whole day. My friend <laughs> my friends were texting me, wow, we're not to work this morning. Uh, you just started. Come home, you're still out there. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but I'm very... I mean, it's very, very painful, but mentally and physically, I couldn't walk for a few days. But it made me feel, at the finish time, I cried because I was like, oh, it's like, you never knew that your body could do so much. Of course, we need limits. Now. And I think, very cliche, but I also learned through this experience that the mind is the limit. If you say you cannot, then you cannot. Confirm cannot. Mm. Because you already block yourself, you know, to success, right? Because you say cannot. So... When people, that's why when people want to, if you want to love your body, you really need to believe that you you can love your body. You know, if you keep at the back of your mind like no la no la, I'm still not good enough, I'm still not good enough. Then you know it's very hard, right? It's very hard. So I was very lucky that I had friends to help me, and I also managed to 
to walk out the shadows myself. You see, not some people spend their whole life struggling to love themselves and they don't succeed. Some people take one step and then two steps back. So it's always going to be an ongoing process. Process. I mean, there are days when I feel horrible, so and then like like don't want to go out. Not don't want to go out, but like <gasps> okay, you're supposed to wear sexy, sexy. Okay, change, change. Wear baggy. You know, there are days like that, right? Like your period comes, then you get a bit bloated, or you ate too much over the last week or what. So it's normal as long as you don't let it become an obsession, because that's the problem. Like I think I let it consume me and consume my entire life. Like I would refuse to go out, don't want to meet people, um, uh, cancel work jobs, hide at home and cry. And then it's just, yeah. And then you, you just disrupt your whole life because you felt like you look fat. And then, you know, you miss out opportunities. You end up attracting very toxic relationships. Like I only wanted to be around people who could make me popular or make me feel good, you know, but, you know, then you, you end up feeling, okay, so you kind of feel like, okay, I'm so terrible, but if this person wants, still wants me in a relationship, then I stay. Ah. Then even though you know that you're not good for each other or like, or like he's, you know, um, there's emotional abuse in some form, but you still feel like, oh yeah, he want me better than nobody want me, right? And then you're very good already. Like, somebody want you very good already. Then you stay, you know? And then you shortchange yourself. Yeah. And then you start to settle, like not just in romantic relationships, but even with people, interpersonal relationships, you know, I'm a terrible friend. Right, because I, I used to score friends who are skinny. Yeah, because I, I resented them. Look at them, like, that you eat as much as me or more. You don't exercise. Why are you half my size? <laughs> then I'll find ways to pick fights with them. Wow. Yeah, is okay. I've lost friendship that cannot salvage really. Yeah, cannot already. I tried. I mean, not easy, but, but I mean, so... Because I was a very terrible friend and like, even my own sister, you know, she's like, if you're my friend, I would have ditched you long ago. <laughs> but too bad, you have, I'm stuck with you. So, so... So that's why people, it's not just a superficial thing, you know, it's not just about your weight or how you look or, or the dress size, you know, it's also how you are as a person. Because when you are very inferior about yourself and you're very insecure, it spirals off into a lot of things, you know, like you, maybe you become very mean to people because you need to put people down to feel better. That's one. Or maybe you feel like you just like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, la, your life's really like that. Don't really give out on life. They just go around like, just you know going through the motion so it's it's more than just the weight you know it's 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 everything about life you know so so meaning um you know no if let's say we, we have family family of friends who 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 uh who knows uh somebody with eating disorders how do they how do you think they can help them or you wow. know what type of questions would be helpful to to look out for or you know or oh, this is very tricky eh, because i think from okay, I'm no expert, ah. I'm not a professional in this field, but based on personal experience, only drawing from my own experiences, right? Please don't suggest going to see a doctor right off the bat. Okay. Like ease into it. Okay. Mm. Yes, they, because I I think the word therapy is still uh, a stigma. Ah, stigma. Yeah. I think it's great. Therapy is great. I think that what at least what society, what some people are trying to do now is try to neutralize the word that therapy is just going to speak to someone, you know. It doesn't mean that you have a problem. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're sick. It's just, you know, you need to sort out stuff in your head and you want to speak to someone. And sometimes, like I said, it's better to speak to a stranger. You know, that's why some people enjoy going to see the therapist because it's like, oh, nobody's going to judge me. And because if I know you, I already have some certain preconceived notions about you, you know. Ah, yeah, you always are that one, ah. then, you know, but when you go to someone neutral, someone object objective, then it will help. So I'm all for therapy. Like, like I think, um, but 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 the thing is, people might get very defensive when you say like, you know, I think you're wrong. You should go and see a therapist. You know, they they immediately their gut comes up, right? Then that's it. Really, you can't reach them. So maybe, um, try to 
at that time nobody tried to talk to me and ask me like like why or or what am I trying to achieve, uh, how they can help me, you know, it just people just were like, Ayo, you lose so much weight, so skinny, no need la do then why you don't want to eat ah? then you know it becomes I feel very attacked. So when you feel very attacked you will uh like don't go away, go away, leave me alone, leave me alone. Then they will isolate themselves further. Of course everybody is different, you know, some might refuse to speak up. But I think it's more of trying to understand, I think it's trying to understand where the root of this obsession, where is it coming from? Like, could it be because like the parents always put them down, make fun of them? Like, yeah, you're so fat, you still eat so much, do it so much, do it so much. You know what I mean? Like, then stop saying that to her lah, you know? Like, stop saying that to your kid, you know? So, what is that? So, I think for me was, the very, very early source was, I think when I was, I had my first like boyfriend. I say boyfriend because Aya at that time, you know, like all this puppy love stuff. And then he broke up with me uh, because I wasn't pretty or hot enough. So I think it started from there. Yeah, so, you know, like, the thing is you have to, you, when you talk, then you bring back the trauma, then you're like, oh, then you trace it back. So it's more of like sitting down and, okay, you know, I, I see that you're struggling with your food. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Maybe we can, you know, see where it's coming from. It has to come from somewhere. Someone said something to you, someone did something to you. And then, all the other societal influencers come in. Wow, you see MTV videos. Wow, now social media every day open. Whoo! Wow. It's instant. I used True. to put supermodels on my phone screensaver and, and, and it's not going to help. Yeah. You know, and then slowly, slowly like, okay, if if you can let me help you, how can I help you? Let's take this step by step. Do you want to help yourself? You know, why do you hate your body so much? Then maybe sign up for a new hobby together. So take the focus away from how you feel like when you set goals and you work towards something, it helps to take your mind off like the food and the weight and also build confidence. Maybe start with, you have to start very subtle. Like maybe let's go and do a new activity to help you build confidence. Like, okay, let's go and try uh, like weightlifting. Then you see the progression Then it might feel better. Then, you know, they start to set goals. They feel that there's a, 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 a motive in life, a purpose in life. I think that's what was the problem for me. I just, nothing to do or like didn't care about anything. I just wanted to be skinny. But if you take my mind off that and like, hey, let's go and learn, I don't know, wakeboarding, then wow, you start to do more things. Then, oh, wow. Then, you know, maybe you might focus more on that. Then, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, the, it's a distraction tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or, and also giving the assurance that, that's why I think, I think the, you have to see who, what is causing this. Uh, is it because like at home someone keeps putting you down or your own boyfriend keeps comparing you to other people? Then the, it's not easy to trace this though. And then maybe down the line, then maybe you can say, would you like to speak to someone about it? Maybe not, there will be a hotline, you know, yeah. call someone, speak to someone. Yeah, like the listening service that Correct. You know, starts here. Exactly, which Provides. is, because then it's a step between the, the therapist yes. and you Correct. see, it's not directly because it's, it, I think it really, people will get very defensive and they go like, I'm not sick. Yeah. And then, or some cannot afford. Mm, you see, that's the thing because it's not cheap. Yeah. Yes, there are, there are public services, but then, uh, you know, maybe like, I'm not sure about like the appointment times or whatever. Ooh, sorry. But in general, like therapy is not cheap, right? Yeah. So at the same time, it's about making it more accessible. And so at least like the hotline helps. So at least there's, I think it just needs to start with, can you talk to someone about it? Then if this person can help you trace and help you like, okay, so why are you, like, why are you feeling like that? Or why do you do that? Why do you refuse to eat? Because you are worried of getting fat. Why are you scared of getting fat? You know, like, and then slowly, you won't get answers immediately. Sometimes they may not speak up immediately, but down the road, then you, sometimes can be something major in life happen and then they become like that, you know. I, it's, I always feel like it's tied to loss of confidence somewhere. Could be you lost a loved one. Mm. 
you know, or you maybe you did very badly in school, and then and also some people I think this is the one thing they can control because it's my weight, it's my body, you see. But if everything else, I like, you know, at home my parents are there in school, it's like that. Everyone wants something out of me, expects this from me, and then I cannot control anything because you're all dictating my life for me, right? So fine, I'm just going to control what I can, which is my weight. Yeah. So there's so many different possible explanations for why they're feeling like that. But it's about have to be very very patient though, because. It will take time. Some may not open up for a long time. Maybe last advice for people who are having eating disorder. I just want to say that uh, your body is your responsibility. You know, you only have, I don't want to nag too much, but you only have one body. And no matter how I nag at you, how he nags at you, how anyone preaches, we cannot force you to do anything. Like you are still in charge of your own actions. So it's how much you want it. Is you know if you say you want to love yourself, then take those steps towards towards uh, loving yourself. You know, start by like I said, find pick up a new sport, find new goals, keep yourself motivated. I think sometimes because you know we we go through life very like uh, very blah, right? Lack of inspiration, lack of motivation, and then you like don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, pick up, try something new. Doesn't have to be expensive. You know, you can you can maybe start by I know cycling, like you go and rent those bicycles and I don't know just pick up something new swimming whatever um, um, and also uh, be willing to open up and talk about emotions I know it's very difficult I know it's very difficult some people avoid talking about emotions because they are afraid of emotions um, but I think the, the advice I have is really there's no right or wrong there's nothing that you say can be wrong if we are all different we have different kind of struggles you know whether if you have a trusted friend or an adult that you can speak to, great. If you don't, there's the hotline here for you to call. I think this is a fantastic initiative. Um, I think the whole the whole point is people want to feel safe. Then they are willing to open up and get to know emotions. And emotions are friends. Like don't be scared of them. It's more of the more you understand your emotions, the more less scared you feel about them. I think at least that's what I think. So um, go on and. Don't be afraid to be yourself, really, because YOLO, you, yeah, it's cliche, but it's really YOLO. You don't want to wait until you're 50, then you're like, ah, yeah, I spent 30 years of my life worrying about being skinny. Now I'm old already, I'm sick. And then, and then now that I can't worry, ah, yeah, you know, don't, don't regret that, ah, you know, you really, you really only going to go through life once, no, who knows when next time you're going to come back as a, as an animal, then how, you know? <laughs> I mean, so just, yeah, just go on and live the life that you want. We need limits, of course. I'm not saying go crazy, but we need limits you want and take care of your health because, again, very cliche, but health is wealth. You know, like if you don't want to, if you, if you like don't treat your body right now, you will pay for it later. Like, I mean, like I didn't get my period for a long time when I was younger because I wasn't eating. So there was a risk of infertility, all these sorts of things, you know. So, Please, please, you, at that age, you feel like, yeah, yeah, infertile, never mind, next time, don't need kids. No, no, don't say first, don't say first. You might want kids next time, you know? So it's, And there might be other things that's going on in your body. So uh, youth is, is, is on your, if youth is still on your side, I mean, 30 plus is still considered young, I, I feel, I feel. <laughs> so 30, 35 and below are considered youth. Okay, oh, wow, I'm 35. Woo, I just made the cut. <laughs> so, yes, um, yeah, just, I think the best, the, 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 the strongest advice I have is go on and, and and be live the life you want and be the person you want to be and and don't worry about how you look because that should be secondary when you take care of yourself you live a happy life you know you might actually lose weight you know because stress is one of the causes of weight gain as well get enough sleep you know practice mindfulness now there's so many resources 
yeah, and speak to someone. Just go and talk to someone about it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yes, there you have it. You have heard from Cheryl. Uh, about her struggles and how she overcame it. Like her advice is also very good uh, because uh, no matter how distressed you mm. are with your disorders, you must be able to listen to people mm. and open up. And I guess uh, that's a very good advice uh, from Cheryl. Yep. So maybe thank you, Cheryl, for sharing the, you. your story with us. Uh, we have reached to the end of the podcast and through this conversation, uh, from Cheryl from Rock the Naked Truth uh, movement, we are able to learn a thing or two about her, her lived experience and uh, living the labelled life. Uh, so to all listeners out there, catch up again uh, for the next episode of Labelled Life Podcast by It All Starts Here.sg next week. So I'm Magic Bo, your host, signing out. Peace. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs>